Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Executive Pastor Chris Valdez. Thank you, Pastor Darrell. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. If you're a visitor, again, welcome. Well, if you have your Bible with you, you can go ahead and turn to John chapter 17, verse 1. Uh, if you were with us as we started this series a few weeks ago, you'd know that we started out in John 17, verse 1, and we're going to kind of finish up where we started. Verse 1 uh, starts out by saying, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said... And the words that we keyed on in this first uh, message was that Jesus said when he had spoken these words. And the question that I posed to you that that week was what words? What did he speak? Another translation says after he said these things, he prayed. And so, again, the question was after he said what things? Well, the last few weeks we've looked at uh, everything from chapter 13, verse 1 through uh, the end of chapter 16, which all of those things occurred in the last Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples. So all of those things had been said before he prayed this prayer that we're going to now look at this morning. And the thing that stood out or the thing that I highlighted throughout this series is there's a central theme throughout these chapters and in Jesus's final prayer. And that is that we would be one as the body of Christ, just as the son and the father are one. And we saw that it was Jesus's desire that we would love each other like he loved us and that we would serve one another like he served. And that we would abide in Him like He abided in the Father. And that we would be one like He is one in the Father. One of the things that we uh, touched on was that Jesus never asked us to do anything that He didn't do Himself. He gave us a, a living example of every single one of these things. And I believe all of these things come together uh, as part of how we're one as the body of Christ. So I want you to keep all of that in mind as we now come back to to John chapter 17. And this is uh, what I've been referring to as the real Lord's Prayer. We all know uh, what we've uh, historically called as the Lord's Prayer, most of us by heart. But that was a prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. John chapter 17 is Jesus's prayer, his prayer, our Lord's prayer to the Father. So after he had spoken all those words in in chapter 13 through 16, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth and I have finished the work with which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And once again, we see Jesus's heart and humility His prayer is that he would be glorified so that he could glorify the father. 
And then he adds, this is eternal life. If Jesus Christ himself was in your presence and said, this is eternal life, do you think we would want to listen to what's going to come next? What, what is eternal life? And he says that we might know the Father, the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ, who was sent by the Father. The vision statement for New Covenant Church is that we will glorify God by inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship. And Jesus prayed that we would know the Father. And he said that knowing the Father is eternal life. And he also said that if we know him, if you know Jesus Christ, then you know the Father. No one can know the Father without knowing the Son. And that's why that's so central to, to our, our vision and what we uh, see as our purpose as a body of Christ. It's so that the world will know, that they'll know the Father. But I want us to look at this word know a little bit this morning because there's a difference between knowing about someone or something and really knowing them. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, James wrote this. He said, you believe that there is one God. And he says, that's a good thing. You do well to believe that there is one God. But he says, even the demons believe and tremble. It takes more than knowing about God and knowing that there is one God. The demons believe and tremble. And as I read that this week, I thought how that is even more than many and most probably people. That the demons know about God and they tremble. Most people, if they know about God, they don't even tremble. They don't know Him at all. They don't care to know Him. But the fact that the demons know about Him and tremble isn't enough for them to have a relationship with Him. They don't know Him and it's not doing them any good. So we need to do more than just have this knowledge that, yes, there is one God and he he loves us. But we have to know him. And that's what Jesus said. This is eternal life to know the father, to have a relationship with the father. And we just saw that Jesus prayed. Jesus's prayer was that we would know the father, that we would know God and that we would uh what we're going to see in just a moment is that he also prayed that we would hear and respond to the Father. Look with me at verse 6. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. Jesus said, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. They did more than just hear. Jesus said they have kept the Father's word and that they, that they received from me. Have you ever heard of the, the statement that came in one year and went out the other? If you have children, you've experienced that. If you're married, you've experienced that. Have you heard, uh, are you even listening to me? Did you hear 
what I'm saying. But the truth is, we can hear what someone's saying sometimes, but it still doesn't register. We tune it out or we hear it and say, well, yeah, but I'm not going to do anything with that. So it's, it's, it's more than knowing about. It's more than just hearing the words. What Jesus said with the disciples, he said they heard, they know, and they're doing. They let it sink in. They knew Jesus, and by that fact, then they knew who the Father was. And they heard his voice and they responded. And it changed who they were. Jesus said in verse 6, they're actually keeping your word. They're actually doing what I've spoken. They're following through with their relationship of knowing me and the Father by doing what you said. And Jesus said in this passage and, and previously in these chapters, everything that I say is from the Father. And everything that I do is what the Father's doing. Jesus never did anything of his own will, of his own mind. He said, I seek the Father. Me and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. And he's saying the disciples have known. They heard. And how do we know? Because they're doing, they're actually doing what I've asked, what the Father told me to tell them. In verse 8, Jesus repeats what he said earlier. He said, I only spoke what the Father told me to speak. And then he says right after, because they received them, they received the words. They didn't just hear the words, they received them. They knew and they believed that Jesus came from the Father and that he was sent by the Father. So when we say that we need to hear, we mean more than just listening or even understanding. We mean to receive it. If you hear but don't receive, the hearing doesn't do any good. It's like faith without works. If you say you believe, but it doesn't translate into any behavior, then you really didn't believe. Jesus is telling the Father in his prayer that the disciples that the Father gave to him have known him. They've heard him and they're responding to him. And in verse 9, Jesus goes on to pray. He says, I pray for them. And he's talking about the disciples. He says, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours and all mine are yours and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. This is where Jesus starts praying about the supernatural unity of the body of Christ. And I say supernatural unity because the only way we can be one as Jesus Christ and the Father are one is by the supernatural working of the Father. Only by the Father answering Jesus' prayer can we be one. I've asked this question a couple of times in this series, but do you think the Father will answer the Son's prayer? Absolutely. He's going to answer this prayer. 
He's answered it from that time to now. He's answering it now and he's going to answer it until Jesus Christ himself returns. I've also talked to you throughout the series about if you uh, had a chance to read all of these chapters together, reminding yourself that this was all in one evening. This was all the last uh, Pentecost, that, uh, the last supper, that Passover meal that Jesus would be celebrating with the disciples. And uh, one of the things that if you did that, you would have noticed is that in chapter 16 and several other places, Jesus also talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. And we didn't uh, have time in this series to hit on that, but in the next few weeks, Pastor Daryl is going to be preaching on that part that we didn't get in this. And the truth is, is that's just as much a part as the rest of these other, these other passages were about us being one in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go, because if I go, I can send the Helper who's going to reveal all truth to you. And the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son are all one. And he's saying, you can be one in us too. And it's a supernatural unity by the power of God. We are the fathers, Jesus said. And we are His. We are Christ's. And then He said, What is the Father's is the Son's. And what is the Son's is the Father's. And Jesus is glorified in us. And the Father is glorified in Him. And then He asked the Father to keep us. And He's about to go to the Father and leave us. And He's asking the Father to keep us after He leaves so that we might be one as they are one. And Jesus reiterates this point that we've been making in this whole series over and over and over in these verses. He says, you can be one like I'm in you and you're in me and I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. He just says that over and over in different ways and he's said it throughout the other chapters leading up to this. Jesus had a point to make. He wanted us to know that we could be one in Him and one in the Father as they are one and we could be supernaturally unified as the body of Christ. In verse 12, He says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in Your name. Those whom You gave Me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition. He's talking about Judas. That the Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to You and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Again, Jesus prays that the Father would keep us And his prayers, I guarantee, are going to be answered. We can count on it. Jesus has asked the Father to keep us, to keep everyone who believes in him. And if we know him and we hear his voice and we respond to him, the Father is going to keep you. You can count on it. Verse 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. 
And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. The word that's used here for sanctify, we often, and it, and it is a true definition, we look at it as uh, like to purify or to cleanse. But we know that Jesus had no sin, so he didn't need to be sanctified in the manner that we usually think of when we use this word. But this word also means to consecrate, to dedicate, or to set apart. And in this time, it was frequently used to describe an offering or a sacrifice set apart for God. That same word was used to describe that offering. And in this case, when Jesus says, for their sake, I sanctify myself. Jesus is saying as both priest and sacrifice, I'm setting myself apart as a sacrifice to God to go to the cross, to ascend to heaven so that he might send the Holy Spirit so that they might be saved. So Jesus, in advance of the cross, is saying, I'm setting myself apart, sanctifying myself for the work of redemption so that we could also be sanctified, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could be made pure, so that we could be consecrated and set apart by the truth. Jesus said he prayed that the Father would sanctify us by his truth and his word is truth. Jesus was saying the disciples and all those that would believe in him through their word and through their testimony might be made pure by the shedding of his blood, which cleanses us and sanctifies us from all sin. Only through Jesus Christ can we be made holy. And it was because Jesus Christ so sanctified himself because he was willing to set himself apart as a sacrifice for our sins that this work of redemption could happen, that we could be made pure and fit for the kingdom of God. And then as Jesus nears the end of his prayer, he asks that we as his body would be one, supernaturally one. In verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is praying for all believers, everyone that would ever believe from the testimony of the disciples. He says, we're included in this prayer. Jesus, Pastor Dell said at the beginning of the service, said, Paul prayed for us. Well, Jesus Christ prayed for us too in his prayer, in the Lord's prayer to the Father. Verse 21, that they all may be one. That was the prayer that he wanted answered, that we would be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be, may be one just as we are one in them and you and I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. And I didn't highlight or underline anything in this passage because it would have all been highlighted and underlined. So then, you know, when you make everything stand out, nothing really stands out. But there is 
this, this brings everything that we've been talking about together. And Jesus says over and over and over, He wants us to be one, perfectly one. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. You're, I'm in you. You're in me. We're in the Father together. We can be one in us. And He's referring to Him in the Father. The way that we're one is not by just being unified in a mission statement or a vision statement or that we all kind of think the same way or do the same thing. There's companies, there's people in the world that seem to do things or appear to be unified. And we could be unified in that manner, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He says, if we're going to be one, we have to be one in them. In Christ, in the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus did. His whole life was an example of not doing anything for himself, not doing what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. But he laid himself down over and over and over saying, everything that I'm going to say is what the Father wants me to say. Everything that I'm going to do is what the Father wants me to do. And when we have Jesus Christ in us, who's in the Father, and the Father in Him, and we're in Him, and He just goes back and forth and back and forth. That's how we're one as a body. Because we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, and Christ is in the Father, and the Father is in Him. So He's in us, in Christ. And the Holy Spirit came to tell us all the truth. We're one in them. But only if we know the Father. What's eternal life? Knowing the Father hearing His voice and responding. And that's what Jesus did every single day of His life. And He said, if you know Me, you know the Father. And what's the point of all of it? He tells us in that, after He says that, He said, He asked that we would be made perfect in one, so that the world may know. He said, when we become one, when we're the body of Christ that we're called to be, when Jesus is in us and we're in the Father and we're following what He's calling us to do, when we're that body of Christ, perfectly one, the world will know that the Father sent the Son and that the Father loves all of His children the same way that He loves the Son And then we get to the last portion of the verse, Jesus' final words in his prayer to the Father, starting in verse 24. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. He desires that we would be with him where he's going, that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus' final words are that all those that the Father gave Him would be with Him together where He's going. And behold His glory that was given to Him before the foundation of the world. 
And Jesus declared to the disciples and to the world the name of the Father. And He said He's going to continue to declare it. He's declaring it today. And we'll see, what, as Pastor Darrell shares his messages, He is declaring it by sending us the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. That the love of the Father, that the love that the Father loved Him with would be in us and that Jesus Himself would be in us. That is the supernatural unity that Jesus prayed we would have. And it's only by the Father answering the Son's prayer that it can be accomplished. And we can be one the way the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus wanted us to love one another the way He loved. And He wanted us to serve one another the way He served. And He wanted us to abide in Him the way that He abided in the Father. That's the supernatural love. That's the supernatural unity that is given to us by Jesus Christ. He made the way. He did everything that needed to be done. So what's eternal life? To know the Father. To really know the Father in relationship. And how can we know the Father? Jesus told us in verse 21 in His prayer, He said that the world would believe in Him and therefore know the Father when they see that His body is one in the Father and Son, just like He and the Father are one. We know by the love that He puts in His children. The Bible tells us that Jesus said that He said, they will know you by your love for one another. Are we known by our love for one another? Last week, uh, I talked about Romans chapter 15. It says that uh, those who are strong need to be there for the weak. And we talked about the need for, if we need help, to reach out. And um, for those uh, that are strong, when someone reaches out, to respond. And um, I could give you countless examples of times that this has happened in my life, but even even like the work day that we just had yesterday uh, after the service, I was talking to one of the guys that came and he said, um, he said, I woke up at five, you know, and he said, I didn't want to go. <laughs> he said, it just wasn't, you know, it was like, man, he was like, I'm tired, I can stay in bed. But he did and he came and he said, and it was great. You know, when, we, when I came and we served together and guys, you know, built relationships, new guys that had come that didn't know anybody now know several people. And nobody who came regretted coming once they came. But I guarantee there was more than just him that kind of went, oh. And I did, I did that last week in another situation. I won't show that whole deal. But it was, I was like literally after I pre- preached the, week, the message last week, um, something came up where then I was challenged. Okay. God said, you, you, you're going to serve those that need to be serving. Here's your opportunity. And immediately I went, oh, <laughs> but I don't want to. That's going to be inconvenient. You know, it's not going to be fun. But it turned out it was great. And it was a blessing to them. It was a blessing to everybody who served. But what I was reminded of this morning is Jesus, he, he told another parable. He said that there was two sons. And the father came to the, son, the first son and he said, Son, I've got some work in the field to do. Will you go do that? And the son says, no, I'm not going to do that. 
And the father, it, it ends there. The father didn't, you know, smack him upside the head or, you know, throw him out in the field. He just was like, okay, he left. And he goes to the other son. He says, son, I've got some work for you to do in the field. Will you go do it? And he says, yes, sir. But he doesn't go and do it. But the first son who said no went and did the work. And Jesus says, who, who is doing the will of the father? Is it the guy with the great attitude that didn't do it? Or is it the guy with the horrible attitude that realized he was wrong and did it? The one who did it. He heard. And then he responded. And he knew the Father. And so don't get on yourself and think, Oh, I'm, you know, I've, got this, I've always got this horrible attitude. I never want to help people. It's always this inconvenience or whatever. If you end up doing it and you get on the other side, you did the will of the Father. Most of the time, the attitude comes later. It's after the fact. I shared back with that guy that uh, Kenny and I have run and jogged and stuff different times. We've, we've joked that we've never regretted running after we ran. But virtually every single time before you run, you don't want to run. But not one time have I ever run and afterwards said, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Never. And it's the same thing. God's... He's speaking to you. He says, if you know me, if you know my heart, and if you hear me, not just the words, but really receive what I'm speaking to you and do it and are obedient and respond, you're going to have eternal life. You'll be with me forever. That relationship that we have is going to last forever. Because you knew the Father. Whether you started out with a bad attitude or not. But if you follow through, if you do what he's saying, that's what Jesus said about the disciples. They're actually doing what I've said to you. The words that came from you to me. That's eternal life. It's not that we appear to be one like maybe the world appears to be one. It's if we're really one. Because if Jesus is in us, and He's in the Father, and the Father's in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, and the Holy Spirit's here, and He just goes back and forth and back and forth and makes this intertwined web that we are one. And if Jesus is in all of us, and every believer in this city, and every believer in this state, in our nation, in the world, the same Jesus then we're going to be supernaturally one. The body of Christ. I was talking to our, uh, we have a pastor's group I've mentioned several times that we meet and read books and things. And we were talking about some ministry in this community and how we might um, reach certain needs and things like that. And the thing that came to mind, you know, people had some good ideas and things, but the thing that came to mind was if the body is doing what God's telling them to do in the community. All these people that we're saying need to be reached, you know them. Their congregations know them. They work with them. They're at school. They're at the grocery store. They're at every store and every place we go. They're at the gas pump. They're on the plane. They're, ev- they're everywhere. They're out there. And so are we. And if we hear the Father 
and respond, they're all going to be ministered to. There's nothing that we could do in a program or a place or one thing that is going to reach all of them. But there is a way that we can if we, as the body of Christ, hear Him and respond and do what He's asking us to do in every single day. Just like Jesus said. The example that He gave. And when He speaks and that first instinct is, oh, <laughs> this is going to be inconvenient. I don't want to. I had other plans. But if you know that it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, it's not just, well, this is a good idea or this, you know, person's asked me, you know, and I've done it a thousand times and it's not helping. And, that, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of other scenarios. But you know when the Father's speaking to you. He says when He speaks, you know His voice. And if He speaks and we respond, we're going to do what He's calling us to do and we're going to be the body of Christ. Will you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you love us as much as you loved your Son. And that you sent Him and He was obedient. He gave us the perfect example of how to love. He gave us the perfect example of how to abide in you. He gave us the perfect example of how to serve. He gave us the perfect example of how to be one. Like you and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, Father. And we ask that you would speak to us this morning through your Holy Spirit. That you sent that we might not be alone. And that we would be one in you. And that the world may know that you sent the Son and you love the world. How we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.